Thanks for tuning in, everybody. If you're new to the show, I'd like to say welcome. If you're a returning listener, I'd like to say welcome back. Before we get started, I'd just like to ask you a favor. If you're currently streaming this episode, would you mind stopping it and downloading the episode and then listening to it? It's a good way for me to keep track of the downloads. And to be honest with you, the more downloads I get, the more I get paid. I would really appreciate it if you wouldn't mind doing that and maybe do it for all the content creators that you enjoy listening to. It's a great way for us to keep track of the downloads and put a little extra money in our pocket. So if I could ask you for one favor, that would be it. Now on to the show. Nystrom, Nystrom's really getting some good right hands in. Gillies is down with Sandstrom. Somebody better help Sandstrom. Everyone must be held accountable for their actions. You cannot see your star carried out in a stretcher and do nothing about it. Oh my, did Mick plant one on C-card. Wow. You can't put a bounty on a man's head. I just did. The spinning, spinning, who's he going to go after? The pop drop, the pop drop. Just a minute, Al Arbor has won mm-hmm. four Stanley Cups, so don't start telling Al Arbor what to do, you and John Davison. The best in the world. Which means I'm better than just number one. <laughs> well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. <laughs> this is Coliseum Chronicles The Penalty Box, your source for Islanders Enforcer Talk. Proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Joe Lazito. So welcome to episode 124. This is your episode. This is the fans' choice. The fans' All-time top 10 Islanders enforcers. The call went out. Many answered. Oh, boy. Yeah, this was... uh, I I have to learn my lesson. I have to learn my lesson. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, But for those of you who did answer, I really appreciate you taking the time to do so. Thank you very much. But first, if you are on social media, be it Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram... The link, link, the links to each show, you will find those links in the show notes. So click on those links, follow, friend, uh, whatever, and uh, I will return the favor in kind. Let's help cross-promote our shows. Let's help cross-promote our content. But if you do so, uh, just let me know because I am not on social media as much as other people um i'm really not on facebook too much uh and really not on instagram too much uh twitter is probably where i am the most uh but it's really just like fits and spurts just a a minute here two minutes here five minutes here so um so if you want to help promote my show and uh you want me to return the favor i definitely will just shoot me a message also, you will find the link to Islanders A to Z. That is an Islanders children book written children's book. 
All right. I'm not even going to start over. I'm going to start over this segment, but I'm not going to start over the intro. Uh, you will find the link to Islanders A to Z, a children's book written by Joe Buono and illustrated by the insanely talented Joe Marisich, the local Long Island artist who designed the logo for this very program. Joe is available for hire. If you'd like to reach out to Joe, you can do so on Twitter at GraphicsJoker or at LoudEgg.com. And I believe LoudEgg also has um, a Facebook um, profile group. I don't know exactly what you call it. A Facebook page, LoudEgg, and uh, I, I believe you can get Joe Marisich there also. But like I said, Joe is available for hire, so reach out if you want something done absolutely perfect. As I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Recently added the 100th show to the network. So congratulations to the network on that. I'm one of the 100. And uh, each NHL team has at least one podcast dedicated to that team. I believe the Islanders may have two or three. Uh, I am lumped in, apparently, with the Islander group, not the original content side. But I think I'm original content because the other show is pretty much tell you about what's going on uh, currently. And uh, that's really not what you're going to find here. That's not the gist of this show. So, but on the original content side are three of my pals, uh, the fourth line voice, Darren from Saskatoon. Well, the outskirts of Saskatoon, the original gangster of the hockey podcast network enforcer genre. Uh, his latest episode, this was Wednesday's episode. Um, I'm recording this Saturday night. I'm assuming he's going to have an episode on Sunday, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know what that content is going to be. But on Wednesday, uh, one of my favorite things that he does uh, highlights some goofy fans uh, on social media and also. Uh, the hypocrites up at the Hockey News who hate fighting, hate enforcing. I discussed this recently. Uh, they did uh, top five for most of the teams, uh, top five enforcers. And Darren uh, kind of, I don't want to say took the piss out of some of them. Some of them were actually pretty good. But he went over some of the team's top five from the Hockey News. And, uh, you know, some of them weren't bad. Some of them, but anyway, that was his latest episode. The Five for Fighting podcast with Alec Olin-Salen. Uh, I believe he started a new job. He's, uh, his episode with Kelly Bent is available right now, so definitely check that out. And uh, Jordan from the Maritimes, five in a game, still on hiatus, but fall will be here before you know it, and uh, he'll be back at it. So that's the Fourth Line Voice podcast, the Five for Fighting podcast, and the Five in a Game podcast. And please also... Check out the corresponding YouTube channels that go along with each of those fine podcasts. Also on the network is my old pal Terry Ryan, his guest this week. Uh, frequent guest of the show, Terrence Sandwith. Uh, Terrence's a really smart dude, man. He, he's a guy that I enjoyed watching when he played. Uh, but I believe he's a bit of an entrepreneur now. He, he's got his, he's got a lot of irons in the fire. He's got his hands in a lot of things. Uh, and he's always a fun listen when he, when he starts chatting with, uh, with Terry. So definitely check that out too. And also check out the back catalogs on all those guys. Uh, second to none, really. If you're, if you're a fan of hockey fights and hockey enforcers, um, you really just need to do a deep dive into all those programs and, uh, and check that out as well as this one, as well as this one, I, I can't sell myself short. Uh, you know, I have a pretty good catalog myself, but, uh, definitely check out all of those shows. Now, if you're a regular listener, you know that, uh, I collect game use stuff. 
this week I met former guest Phil DiGaetano. Well, not met. I had met him many times before, but we had lunch. And uh, Phil was kind enough to uh, give me one of his old Titans. And if you want to talk about lumber, this is absolute lumber. You could do some serious damage. If you're a defenseman trying to kill guys in the crease, you could definitely do some damage with this thing. I love it. It's so great. And, and we had a laugh because, um, you know, he, he said something about this is what happens when you're undrafted and you're not a prospect. Uh, a lot of misspellings on some of the sticks that I have here. And uh, and Phil Stick, the ironic thing is Digitano, for me, it's an easy name to spell, but for some it isn't. And you figured that would be the misspelled name. Uh, it wasn't. It was the first initial. Instead of P, they put R. So I said maybe they just got confused because uh, they thought he was Risto because of his uh, finesse game. But uh, I want to thank Phil. It was great having lunch with you. Great catching up. And uh, I'm sure we'll get together in the future. Uh, you have the open invite here to the basement when the Islanders play the Rangers. And uh, and we'll get together and hang out. But I want to thank Phil for the uh, for the lumber. And like I said, anybody that, that fights I'm interested in. Well, most anybody that fights. There are a few people that I wouldn't want. But uh, for the most part, uh, if you have something in your collection that you are thinking about parting with, especially if it's someone connected to the Islanders or the Nordiques in any way, shape, or form, uh, please uh, let me know, and uh, hopefully we can work something out. One thing I discovered now, uh, by accident, really, um, the first eight episodes of this show are not available to listen to. Stand by. I came prepared with a bottle of water since this is going to be a solo episode. Um, I wanted to start doing like a flashback Friday and, and post the links to, you know, the episodes being on the network. Now the show may, may be getting some exposure to people who had never heard of it before. And I wanted to kind of post the beginning of the show and uh, you know, the origins, you know, episode one, you know, Dean Ewan and Paul Cruz and Mick Vakoda, Mike McWilliam, the early guests, I wanted to kind of put those back up there so people can go back and listen to them, especially if they're relatively new to the show. And when I looked, uh, the, the library starts with episode nine. So I think what I'm going to do is uh, not in lieu of a new episode. There's still going to be new episodes on Monday, but maybe the next six, seven, eight Thursdays or so, uh, I'm going to dust off the mothballs and just put those episodes out there just so they're, uh, they're in the catalog. So, um, it will only be until I catch up with the, um, with the ones that aren't there. But, uh, I think starting next week, that might be something you can expect maybe two episodes for the next month, month and a half, because, uh, that is really the origins of this program. And, um, there's probably going, I hope anyway, uh, there'll be a difference in my interviewing skills from the early parts of this program to now. Um, and even the technology I use, not that it's, it's anything special, but the original <laughs> laptop I used for the early shows was pretty prehistoric. And, uh, even this one I have now is probably three years old. It's probably prehistoric technology wise, but, um, it'll probably sound a little more raw, but, those guests need to have their stories heard as well. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And um, like I said, it's only the first eight episodes. And if any of those episodes were solo episodes, I'm definitely not going to put those out there. 
Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I should really have the entire library available to everybody. So, um, But just keep an eye out for that. It's something I may do on Thursdays, but you can still expect new episodes on Mondays. Like I said, I was a little surprised. And you know, come to think of it, several months ago, uh, Yuka from Finland actually told me that the first few episodes were not available. And, uh, and I checked and I, I don't know at that point I was thinking of maybe just, you know, dumping the program until, uh, the network came asking for asking me to join. So maybe that's why I didn't really think too much about it. And then, uh, like I said, I wanted to start posting the old episodes. And when I took a look, it starts with episode nine on all the platforms. So, uh, so that's something to keep an eye out for. If you're somewhat new to the program and you look through the library and said, wow, how could he not have Mick Fakoda on there? Well, uh, Mick Fakoda is on there. There's three separate episodes uh, with Mick Fakoda, and uh, and I think they're they're pretty good. So uh, I know off the top of my head, I think it's it's Dean Ewan, Paul Cruz, Mick Fakoda, Mike McWilliam, Jamie Rivers, Brent Severin. Those are all guys that I did interviews with that um, are not available right now. So I guess the long-winded way to say something very quickly is keep an eye out for a couple of episodes every week. And, uh, and if you haven't heard those, I would definitely give them a listen. So this episode here, top 10 Islanders enforcers. So I went back and I did, I did my top 10 and I said, you know, what would be interesting to me is putting it out there for people to give me their top 10. And anytime you put something out there in public forums, you're really playing with fire. Um, if you're familiar with uh, with Darren from Fourth Line Voice, he does a couple of uh, fictional tournaments every year. Uh, the Bob Probert Invitational, Minor League Mayhem. I think he did one with defensemen once, just defensemen. I'm not sure. I could be wrong, but... And every time he does it, it's just like, where's this guy? Where's that guy? How could that guy win? How could this guy... And it's just... I, I told him after the very first one, I don't know how you keep doing this because, you know, to me, I'm reading it going, holy fuck, like, come on, just pick a guy, you know, like if you want to add what you think and what would happen in the matchup, that's cool, but just pick a guy, right? So I'm not one, as I said earlier, I'm not on Facebook a ton, but what I did was I put this post out there on social media and on Facebook there are the different fight groups. There's different Islanders groups. And I thought I'm, I'm a stickler for following directions. And I thought I made it very clear, easy and concise. I said, these are my top 10 Islanders and forces of all time. Please, if you're interested, email me your top 10 and I'm going to use it for a show later on. And within the first 24 hours, it was just, um, this guy's too high, this guy's too low, this guy's tougher than that guy, where is that guy? And, like, I, I, I knew it was going to happen. I knew, I absolutely knew it was going to happen because it's simple directions. I get it. And, and I made it very clear to everybody, this is my top 10. Unfortunately, due to the state of the game, this top 10 will never change. I've done top 10s in the past maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And of course it has changed since then because you had players coming into the top 10, dropping out of the top 10. But with the state of the game now, uh, the only guy that would even sniff the top 10 would be Ross Johnston. And he's not going to play enough, which means he's not going to fight enough to crack this top 10. 
and I'm sure if he was playing 10, 15 years ago, yeah, he might. But based on the way the game is now, he's not going to. So this top 10 is not going to change. And there's nobody out there that is going to change my top 10. I, I put a lot of effort into this. And, you know, there are guys that, some people said, where's this guy? Where's that guy? And I would say they're probably right outside the top 10. And I'm very interested in doing a top 25. Uh, it's something I probably will do at some point, but I made it very clear in the post. This is my top 10. I'm not changing it. And all I got, <laughs> where's this guy? Like I said, where's this guy? Um, who was it? Uh, this guy's tougher than Matt Martin. Baumgartner's too high or too low. I don't know which way. It's like Goddard needs to move up. And I'm just like, okay, if you're so disenchanted with my top 10 list, give me yours. Just give me yours. I'm going to use it on an episode. But of course, I would say, and I got a decent amount of replies, and, I'm, and I want to thank everybody who did send me the emails. Uh, but for every email I got with a top 10, there was at least three or four comments across the boards that had nothing to do with anything. And the reason why, the reason why I asked for the email is like, it, it, maybe it was 10 groups. I put, uh, you know, between the fight groups, and the Islanders groups, I'm not on Facebook that much. If you posted your top 10 to those groups, I didn't use it because I, I can't keep track of it in every group. So that's why it was just easier. I thought it made sense for me to just create an email account and ask people to send me their top 10s. And right now, Darren is probably laughing because I've said this to him a million times about his tournaments. And I knew it was going to happen, and it did. Okay? So, like I said, to those people who did actually take the time to send me their top 10, I want to thank you again. And what I will also want to tell you is this. I plan on doing episodes where I get guests back on, like uh, – 20 questions, you know, I did, uh, Dean Ewan was the first guest. And then later on, I did 20 questions with Dean Ewan. I want to do that with some of the guests. Like, I'd love to get Mick Lakota back on guy like Aaron Asham or, or whomever I have and just take questions from the fans. And for those of you who actually took the time to give me your top 10, took the time to follow directions and email me your top 10. Well, before I make that public that I'm going to do a 20 questions episode with somebody, I'm emailing all of you first to see if you have any questions for these guys, because you guys were cool enough to send me the, the list. So my thank you to you is, hey, I'm doing a 20 questions with so-and-so. Before I, I take questions from the masses, um, do you have any questions? Do you have a question you want me to ask? That's my thank you to you guys who took the time to send me your list. So thank you for that. Now, uh, before I get started, I did find some old, well, one old and one new uh, Islander list on the internet, that internet, on the internet that people did stand by. Very professional hearing me drink on the air, but all right. So I want to do these first, then I will, I will again tell you mine, and then I'll get to what the people had to say. So <clears throat> starting with an article, this is from 2008, um, someone named John Hill, it's a staff writer, New York Islanders, he did a top 10. And uh, again, so this is 2008, 
So you're not going to see guys like a Trevor Gillies or Matt Martin. Um, I'm trying to think who else came after that. Uh, maybe those guys, because everyone else I had my top 10. I think those are just the two guys who came in after. But but let's do this top 10. Let's check it out, okay? Uh, so number 10, Brian Curran. I love the Colonel. Didn't crack my top 10, but he's definitely going to be someone who, if I do a top 25, I think you'll see him between 11 and 15. I love the Colonel. I have no problem with anyone putting him in the top 10 because of what he did when he was here. Uh, it was a short tenure, but uh, he was he was a presence that they needed at the time, and uh, he did everything he could do and uh, still holds the single-season penalty minute uh, record for the Islanders. So uh, strong start here with Brian Curran. Uh, number nine, Brendan Witt. Now, Brendan Witt's a good one. Uh, I think the bulk of Brendan's fighting and his best fighting was done with Washington. I mean, it's he, he was just came up, draft pick, a first rounder, I think, full of piss and vinegar. And the guy was amazing. Um, at the time, he was at the time of this, he was uh, the alternate captain. I mean, the guy survived getting hit with an SUV in Philadelphia. So, uh, no issue with Brendan Witt. Again, he's a guy that would probably appear in my top 25 as well. Uh, number eight is the Bomber. The Bomber is one of two guys, Trevor Gillies being the other, that I think people don't realize. The tenure wasn't that long. Uh, to to be honest, Bomber played only parts of three seasons here. He came in in 89-90. His full season was 90-91. And then he was traded, uh, I believe, at the deadline in 91-92. But his his, uh, his resume here and what he meant to the team when he was here just goes way beyond that. So um, I have Bomber on my list a little bit higher. Uh, but Bomber at number eight, no problem with that at all. He definitely deserves to be in the top ten. Number seven, Steve Webb. Steve Webb is, if the Islanders, so Bob Nystrom is Mr. Islander. Nobody would ever take that away. But Steve Webb, if the Islanders had a people's champion, I think it would be Steve Webb. I mean, this guy, I love the Steve Webb story because of where he came from and just, you know, work his bag off to get to the NHL. I love the Steve Webb story. So uh, I don't have Steve Webb in my top 10. I don't know if I'd have him in my top 20, to be honest. Um, if it's a, if it's a, a hitting countdown or a energy, absolutely. Uh, but again, I don't think St Steve Webb, I don't think you necessarily measure in his fighting. I know I did a season in review of his where he just fought every heavyweight, it seemed like. Uh, didn't come out on the winning end too often, but fucking guy has balls, man. <laughs> I mean, if it was a, uh, who's got the biggest balls countdown, I, I, Steve Webb would def definitely be up there. But uh, I, I think Steve Webb, the fans absolutely love him. He, he comes back to the Coliseum quite a bit. Uh, I believe he's working with the PA right now. Just, I think, I think uh, Bob Nystrom is Mr. Islander. I think Steve Webb is the people's champion for, for Islanders fans. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, number six, Eric Cairns. I have Eric Cairns as number four on my list. So, uh, you know, to me, if you're an Islanders fan, you have Eric Cairns in your top 10. He absolutely deserves to be there. Uh, so, again, so far, re no real issues with this list. There's really, even though there's guys on here I wouldn't put it, I, I wouldn't and didn't put in my top 10, they're all definitely viable, uh, viable people that should be here. 
Uh, number f number five. Where are we here? Gary Howitt. So number five is Gary Howitt. I have Gary Howitt at number five myself. So uh, what can I say about that? We agree 100%. Uh, number four, Bob Nystrom. So now when Bob Nystrom is number four, it makes you wonder, uh, who's ahead of him. So, uh, I know, obviously there's two guys I haven't mentioned yet. Uh, my number one and my number, uh, three who I haven't mentioned yet, who I'm sure I would hope are going to be there. But again, you know, I, the thing is with some of these countdowns, and even though this was done in 2008, I don't know how old the people are that are doing this. Uh, to me, I have Nystrom at number two. So four, it's not much difference. Again, top five, no issue. Number three, Rich Pilon. So this is something that some people may have an issue with. And I think Richie even admitted on his, his interview with me, he doesn't consider himself a heavyweight, which is, I guess it's semantics because Richie's a big boy. So, uh, and, and I think to me, to Richie's credit, if he didn't have the eye injury, I, I, I think he, it would have been interesting to see how his career would have gone if he just would have been that that physical hard-hitting defenseman because he still holds the rookie record for penalty minutes with 242 in a season and uh he he took on everybody uh then with the when he had to wear the visor uh he still fought not as much uh fuck his rivalry with eric lindros was phenomenal um but you know it was more of an agitator get under your skin kind of role, which usually is reserved for smaller players. But, you know, to me, Richie did everything he could do for this team. Uh, he loved being an Islander and uh, I don't have him in my top 10. He's definitely in my top 20. Uh, number three for, for this gentleman, no problem with that. Number two, Mick Vakoda. you know, what can you, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about Mick Vakoda, but you know why? Because if I talk about Mick Vakoda, I'm going to be here all day. Stand by. If you are a listener to this program, or if you know me personally, you know that Mick is one of my all-time favorites, and um, I love him. I think in the in the fight hockey fight community, I think he is underappreciated, and um, I don't know if it has to do with him playing here on the island. Uh, I don't know if people are just they get uh, bent out of shape about the body slam stuff. I don't know. I, I've read a lot of that, but. This guy's fought, he fought everybody. I mean, let's give this guy some respect, right? And, um, you know, I, again, I can't go on and on about Mick because then it becomes a Mick tribute episode. But Mick at number two, I definitely don't have a problem with. And, of course, number one, um, number one is Clark Gillies. And um, I have Clark Gillies at number one. So uh, so I can't really, uh, can't really have any issue with that. So I think that's a solid top ten. A uh, couple of guys in there I don't have in in my top ten, uh, but again, like I have two guys, Gillies and Martin, in my top ten that that weren't Islanders at this point. So uh, there's a possibility that uh, Brian Curd may have been in my top ten at the time. Um, so so you never know, you never know. But uh, uh, solid list, I'd say solid list. A couple of guys maybe higher than I would have, but no no real complaints with this list at all. Now, we'll get to the current list that's out there now, the hockey news. Now, as I mentioned, uh, I mentioned it a couple of episodes ago where it's ironic that the hockey news, the, the Bible of hockey that absolutely loathes the role, always has leadership in the role. Leadership at the hockey news has always hated hockey. I, I shouldn't, well, 
Jason Kay was in charge of the Hockey News for a long time, and, and while I don't think Jason was a big fan of fighting, uh, he didn't openly despise it like uh, his predecessor, Steve Dryden, and, and I've dealt with Steve a lot when I worked for Bruce Bennett, and Steve's a good guy, we just never saw eye to eye on the fighting, um, but they always had guys like uh, Damian Cox and Ken Campbell and uh, Adam Proto is still there now, and, and they just they just hate fighting, and they never... They never take an opportunity to not bash it. And even in even in the current rankings that they have, a lot of the people doing the countdowns, they, they would do the countdowns and they'd always kind of take shots at it about how the game has evolved and how the game has gotten better and we're getting rid of, you know, it's just like, don't be an ass. Like you're, you're doing a top five of enforcers. So, you know, kind of keep your stupidity out of it. I'm not saying you got to go, these are the greatest guys ever. But we know that the the role is fading. There's no reason to put your dumb two cents into it and uh, and kind of shit on the role while you're doing a countdown. Because to be honest, the people reading the countdown are fight fans. There's no nobody out there that doesn't like fighting is really reading this. But anyway, this Islander countdown, the Islander top five, was written by somebody named Zach Weinstock. Now I looked at Zach. I'm looking at him now. Uh, he's a, he graduated in college in 2007 and he graduated St. John's law in 2012. So he's definitely, um, not as old as I am. And, uh, but you know, he's young, he's a younger guy. I don't know how much of, of Gilly's Nystrom, Gary Howitt that he saw. Uh, but I, obviously I've read this already. I know, I know the top five. It's not a terrible, it's actually a pretty good list. And as far as the hockey news lists go, it's probably one of the better ones. I, I kind of scanned through most of their lists. And as far as the hockey news goes, like I said, he doesn't, um, he doesn't put in his, his, you know, put in any of the nonsense that a lot of the other guys did. So uh, again, this is recent, probably a week or two ago, hockey news uh, enforcer week. Jesus Christ. That's, I mean, what do you say about the hockey news, right? Um, but this is Zach Weinstock, top five all-time Islander enforcers. So we'll start with honorable mention, Gary Howitt. Uh, I love that Gary Howitt is is in there. So, and to me, when you put an honorable mention, well, he's got a couple of honorable mentions here. Um, his number, so honorable mention is Gary Howitt. And another honorable mention is Matt Martin. And I'm looking, all right, there's no other honorable mention. So it's almost like a top seven instead of a top five. Uh, and let's just say Gary Howitt would be his number six and Matt Martin would be his number seven. So I have Gary Howitt and Matt Martin in my top 10. So now it's just in terms of where you slot them. So uh, a good start with Gary Howitt as an honorable mention and a good start with Matt Martin as an honorable mention. Uh, his number five is Bob Nystrom, similar to the other list where Nystrom was four. Uh, this guy's number four is Michael Haley. Michael Haley is someone who he's, I love Michael Haley. I do. I love Michael Haley. And, uh, my, the reason why Michael Haley doesn't make my top 10 is just because he wasn't here long enough. And you can say something similar about Trevor Gillies not being here long enough, but Trevor Gillies is a heavyweight and Trevor Gillies is a presence. And I'm not saying Michael Haley isn't it. It's tough to, when you say one guy is this and one guy's that, I just think in terms of, of what Trevor, Gill Trevor Gillies is an intimidator. Trevor Gillies scares grown men. 
I mean, it's just a fact, you know. Um, the whole thing, the whole persona of Trevor Gillies, and I think even if you ask Michael Haley, he'll say the same thing. Um, but I love Michael Haley. I wouldn't have him in my top ten just based on his, his short tenure here. Now, if you if you were doing an organizational thing where you're including Michael Haley in Bridgeport, then, you know, you never know because he was very active down there too. And the thing about Michael Haley that a lot of people don't know is I think when he was called up for that Pittsburgh game, he was either leading Bridgeport in scoring or goals, and I can't remember which. I should have checked that out before I did this, but uh, Michael Haley could play the game too. And Michael Haley is forever etched in Islanders lore from the you know fight night at the Coliseum, the the game I call the revenge game. So uh, so I don't have Michael Haley in my top five. I think there are other people that ha- that had longer tenures here that would be more worthy of that. But it, it's not shitting on Michael Haley. I don't want it to come across that way. When I do my top twenty five, uh, you will definitely see Michael Haley in there somewhere. So uh, so I don't have Michael Haley that high, but. Uh, I love Michael Haley, right? It's not like I'm it's not like I'm going through this list and he's got Oleg Kavasha at number four. So it's really nothing to uh to complain about. Uh number three, Eric Cairns. Uh I love it. I have Eric Cairns number four. So we're we're kind of right on the same page there. Uh number two, Mick Vakoda. Again, I have Vakoda number three. So, you know. What can I say about that? We already talked about Mick Vakoda. And, of course, number one, Clark Gillies. So Clark Gillies being number one is the running theme here. Really can't argue with that at all. So as far as this list goes, no no real problem with it. I wouldn't have Haley in there uh, in a top five. But, again, I love Michael Haley. It's cool. Um, but as far as the list goes, I, I think he did a very good job. And, uh, I mean, honestly... Some of the other top fives, this guy is, this guy at least is, uh, he did his homework. If it's not something he's, listen, I I do this show and and the other guys I mentioned do their shows and we're kind of um, passionate about the role. I don't expect everybody, especially regular writers that do this to, uh, to focus so much on the fighting, but um, I mean, there were definitely some people in this hockey news list that should have reached out to somebody because they don't know what the fuck they're talking about, but but no real complaints about this one. I think this is probably the best list that uh, that the Hockey News produced out of all the uh, top fives for Enforcer Week. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 
21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus legal requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. So that brings us to you people out there. That brings us to you, the fans vote. So let me just break it down for you like this. So I asked everybody for their top 10. And the way it breaks down is this. Anybody who had a number one position gets 10 points. And obviously, so you get 10 points for being ranked number one. You get nine points for being ranked number two. Eight points for being number three, all the way down to one point for being number 10, two points for number nine. You get the idea, right? So I felt that was the only fair way to uh, to do this. And I'm going to acknowledge every player that, that got at least a vote before we get to the top 10. But once again, let me go over my top 10 so you kind of get a gauge of what I've done. Uh, so number 10 for me is Matt Martin. Number nine, I have Ken Belanger. Number eight, I have Trevor Gillies. Number seven, I have Eric Goddard. Number six, I have Ken Baumgartner. Number five, I have Gary Howitt. Number four, I have Eric Cairns. Number three, I have Mick Vakoda. Number two, I have Bob Nystrom. And number one, of course, is Clark Gillies. So going with that, I'm going to start. I, I, the reason why I love doing this, I... I got 21 different players here that got at least one vote. And I think that's great. It just shows how different people, different fans view the role and view the players that do that role. So uh, when I was breaking this down, I absolutely love the fact that I'm like, wow, I got, oh, here's a vote for that guy. Here, oh, wow, that's great. Um, I got 21 different guys here. So we're going to start from 21 to 11 first. We'll go there. So number 21 was Aaron Asham. Aaron Asham got the, got, he was number 21. And Aaron Asham, I promise you, when I do my top 25, I think you might see Asham in the, in the 11 to 15 range as well. Um, I thought Asham might get a little more votes than he did, but he didn't. And that, you know, that's okay. But uh, I thought he might get a little bit more than that. Uh, number 20, another little guy who packed a punch, Robbie DeMaio. I I love Robbie DeMaio, man. I don't know how anyone that likes the game, unless he, unless he tortured your team, I don't know how anybody can't love Sal. I mean, really, I, I love Robbie DeMaio. Uh, number 19 was Jerry Hart. Rest in peace, Jerry Hart, recently passed away. And I love the fact that Jerry got some love because uh, a lot of times these older guys, older Islanders really don't. Um, it's easier for someone that has played in the last, say, 20 years to get votes because a lot more people that are alive maybe have seen them play. There's, uh, I mean, not to sound morbid, but I would think a lot of people that saw Jerry Hart play, I mean, the guy played in the for the Islanders starting with the team That's 50 years ago. So, I mean, there may be a lot of people that saw him play that aren't around anymore, and there may be a lot of them who aren't online. So, uh, so I was happy to see Jerry Hart get some love. Uh, along the same lines, another older guy, Gord Lane. Gordy Lane getting some love, too. He's uh, He was ranked at number 18. 
So, uh, so I love, I love Gordy Lane getting some love there too. I'm going to stop saying getting some love because I want to smack myself in the face. I've said it enough already. Number 17, Ross Johnston. Uh, good for the big fella here, getting some love from a couple of people. Uh, well, more than a couple, but I didn't want to say one. It wasn't 30, but a couple of people there. Next guy always makes me smile because what a character. And it's really cool. Obviously, the end of his career was here, but Eric Bolton, number 16. Uh, fuck, I, I tell you what. I, I grew up with I grew up with Howitt, Gillies, and Nystrom. And a few years later, we had Bomber and Vakoda. And but I tell you, the even though they were both at the end of their careers, Bolton and Karkner, that was a, a pretty fun tag team to have around here for a couple of seasons. I, I got to say, when I think back, those guys were a lot of fun to have together, especially because of the people they are too. Uh, definitely old school mentality on both of them. So, uh, so yeah, seeing Eric Bolton always puts a smile on my face. Uh, number 15, the aforementioned Michael Haley. Uh, so he registered with a lot of the fans here also. Uh, number 14, Alan Kerr. Now, Alan Kerr, the thing about Alan Kerr that I appreciate is a lot of the people, before I deleted all those posts because I couldn't take the comments, uh, there were a decent amount of people who, who said, where's Alan Kerr? And I definitely love Alan Kerr. I love he's an undersized guy. And, you know, there was a spell there where the Islanders didn't have like a, a big gun. And Alan Kerr was, you know, you think about it. Alan Kerr was there. Dale Henry was there. Um, didn't have that solid number one. You know, I always say Brian Kern was the bridge from Gillies and Nystrom to Vakoda. Uh, but the su support guys like Dale Henry and Alan Kerr, uh, those guys were were very important. And Alan Kerr is a guy who I'm glad doesn't necessarily fly under the radar with the, with the people who saw him play. I don't expect many of the younger generation to uh, to appreciate a guy like Alan Kerr. I doubt they even know who he is. Um, but I love I love seeing Alan Kerr. Alan Kerr is another guy who will definitely be in my top 25. Uh, number 13, Kenny Belanger, Bam Bam. Uh, number 13, as far as uh, votes and, and uh, point uh, total here, I have him at number nine, so it, it's very similar. So, yeah, I love it. I love Ken Belanger, and I love when he was here. And, you know, it was good with Belanger and Steve Webb. You had, like, the big dude taking on the heavies. You had the little dude, well, taken on the heavies <laughs> web web never discriminated i'll tell you that but they were fun they were fun to watch too so uh belanger web pretty good uh, pretty good team there um number 12 brian kerr and again that might be where brian kerr ends up for me between uh between 11 and uh 11 and 15 so uh so no real argument there with uh number 12 brian kerr and uh number 11 rich pilon so again uh, Rich Pilon, I, I said it already when we were discussing the, uh, the list here. Uh, I don't know where I would have Richie. He would definitely be in my top 25. Um, and I think if he didn't have the eye injury, he probably would be higher just because his, his fighting would have kept going. I mean, I don't know if you keep up the pace that he had as a rookie. Um, but I think for Pilon, his contributions to this team go beyond, when his gloves are off and um, like I said, he's a guy who had to adjust his game when he had the eye injury. And, you know, to his credit, a lot of guys might have maybe taken a little of the edge off 
And uh, and Richie not only didn't take any of the edge off, he might have played with a little more sandpaper because he knew he was getting under under their skin. You know, like if you weren't around for for that, I would check YouTube and see if there's any sort of um, compilation of Richie and Eric Lindros because holy fuck, did he get under Lindros's skin every goddamn game? There were, there were games, and listen. <laughs> I think Richie, everybody would take that trade off because this is this is prime Eric Lindros when you have this guy that could do absolutely everything, could take over a game, and now he's coming into the Coliseum or the Islanders are going into the spectrum, and uh, and Lindros is thinking about Richie. So that's why I say Richie's contributions go way beyond uh, fighting, but uh, the agitating part too, which. I don't know if that that's too easy of a transition to go to, but but Richie. Uh, Fuck, he he did it. He did it without missing a beat. So now we get to the top 10. And I guess the best way to do this would be to uh, relate the top 10 from you people to my top 10 and compare it. So number 10. The people's top 10. Number 10. Trevor Gillies. Well, I have Trevor Gillies at number 8. So um, I love the fact that if you look at Trevor Gillies' hockey DB and you see that the number of games he played with the Islanders, you would think he played three times that much. That's the impact that Trevor Gillies had here on the island. And when Trevor Gillies – and Trevor Gillies comes back to games pretty often. I don't know how he watches any of the games. I mean, he – is taking pictures with everybody. He's so beloved here. I think that's so fucking awesome. And he doesn't look as menacing anymore. He has a full head of hair and he doesn't have the uh, the Fu Manchu. But, but I love the fact that for someone who played the amount of games that he played, he may as well have played 500 games here. That's how beloved he is here. I think that's fucking awesome. And Honestly, it couldn't happen to a better guy. It absolutely couldn't happen to a better guy. He's such a good guy. You know, great father, great husband. Just, uh, you know, I love him. You know, I love the Gil Train. So, um, but just, I love when he's in town and it's just, you know, I see fans posting pictures. He posts pictures. And, you know, like I said, what <laughs> on the ice, the reason why he's so beloved is because he was a fucking psycho. And really man did he, he gave this team an identity and you know the season with with zen and kanopka and matt martin and michael haley you know uh Hamannick was still here you know and uh it was man that was uh that was you know for me personally that season meant a lot to me that was uh the year that everything happened to me on the subway and um i needed distractions you know i needed distractions to uh to kind of take my mind off things. And I knew every time I threw on an Islanders game, I just had to watch for a few guys. And, man, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, I like I said, I, I could wax poetic about uh, Gills here for a while. But um, definitely, hey, I got him number eight, and the people have him at number 10. Number nine, speaking of the people, the people's champion, Steve Webb, number nine. This, you know, I I hope one day, you know, full disclosure, uh, I had a very good friend of mine reach out to Steve Webb to come on the show. And he politely declined because he's still involved uh, with the PA. And I get it. And 
I'd rather have someone say no than, than kind of say yes and then kind of lead me on. So uh, obviously I was disappointed when he said no, uh, but I understand that there are guys still in the game. I have a handful of guys that I've asked in the past to come on the show, uh, but they're involved in the game in one way, shape, or form. And, um, you know, I, again, I always say, don't be afraid to come on because you're in control of what your answers are, but so be it, right? I would love to get Steve Webb on this show because I think, you know, as far as stories go, it's a guy that's playing in the Colonial League. And then he gets a cup of coffee in the IHL with Detroit. You know, I mean, the guy's a stud in Peterborough. Uh, again, a huge fan favorite in Peterborough. Plays in the Colonial League, gets a cup of coffee with Detroit. Next thing you know, he's a training camp with the Islanders. And <laughs> again, he's the people's champ, right? He's the people's fucking champion. So, uh, again, the people have spoken. Uh, Steve Webb, number nine. Number eight, Matt Martin. Not surprising here. Uh, Matt Martin, number 10 on my list. So, uh, eight and 10, very similar. Uh, Matt Martin is someone who you can't really tell the story of the Islanders, you know, the, the, this part of the Islanders now without talking about Matt Martin and the identity line, just can't do it. And, um, you know, Matt is, uh, unbelievably humble. He's a great guy. He always has time for the fans. Uh, and I don't know what he does, but the guy looks younger every year. I have no idea what he does. Must live a very stress-free life or something, or must eat right, take his vitamins or something. But, uh, he's, I smile when I think about Matt Martin. He's just someone that, uh, well, I mean, I smile when I think about all these guys, but, but, uh, you know, Matt Martin, one of the last of the dinosaurs doesn't wear a visor, won't ever wear a visor. And, um, you know, I, I love that, that he's getting acknowledgement from the people. So Matty Martz, number eight, number seven, Eric Goddard, who I have at number seven. So, Hey, the people and I are on the same page here as far as the hand of God. And I think out of everyone on this list, um, Goddard, even, even Gary Howitt, someone who played a long time before a lot of people were born, but I think, you know, on YouTube, he's on YouTube. Uh, I think Eric Goddard gets slept on here a little bit and, uh, fight fans know how tough Eric Goddard is. <laughs> Opposing Fighters know how tough Eric Goddard is. And for that period of time where we had the two Eric's Goddard and Cairns, I'm not sure there was a tougher duo out there. Um, Goddard is uh fuck man. He's put a hurting on a lot of people. And um, another guy I've tried to get on the show. Uh, I would love to get him on the show, but I have reached out to people who know him and have not received an answer. So if anybody's listening to this, that has a uh, connection to Eric Goddard, please help me out because uh, that's a bad dude and I would love to have him on this show. Number six, the aforementioned Gary Howitt. Again, I have Gary Howitt at number five, so we're very similar there. I'm going to assume that out of everybody on this list, if there's people listening to this that are, are fairly young, and I don't mean 10, but even in the 30s, you don't know much about Gary Howitt. And Gary Howitt is someone you really need to get on YouTube and watch his fights. Um, I, I have said it before. 
guys like Howitt and Nystrom and Gillies, they played in an era where these guys were players also. Gary Howitt's numbers are pretty good. And but Gary Howitt is has a screw loose when he was on the ice. And he didn't take shit from anybody. Absolutely nobody. And he was smaller than most of the guys he fought and absolutely did not give a fuck. And I think for you younger folks out there, check out Gary Howitt's footage on YouTube. You're just going to sit there and go, holy shit, this guy is an absolute lunatic. And I think that, and I've said it before, and I would love to to get Nystrom's opinion on this. Unfortunately, I, I won't have access to Clark Gillies. But I think when those guys were together, I think Howitt... His, his just take no prisoners attitude and the way he would go at guys, I think it allowed guys like Nystrom and Gillies to focus on contributing a little bit more. And Gary, How- you know, people always talk about Gillies and Schultz. Well, Gary Howitt is, is just as important to the whole Islander Flyer rivalry back then, standing up to the Flyers. Gary Howitt is absolutely, you know, if you want to say Gillies first, you know, Nystrom and Howitt, Gary Howitt, he's a fucking psycho. Like, Gary Howitt is someone I would absolutely kill to get on this show. I, I would. I mean, I love Gary Howitt. I met him once way back when I worked for Bruce Bennett. And uh, Gary Howitt came in and uh, was looking for pictures of himself. And uh, it was me and a few other guys there. And it was a nice chat. Real, you know, you'd never know it that he was a former hockey player. You know, gentleman, uh, smaller frame guy. I think his legs were still like tree trunks when I met him. But obviously this podcast was not even a, a, a thought at the time. But I would love to get Gary Howitt on the show. I, I mean, I before the show is dead and buried, I would love to get get the hitman on here, the toy tiger. You know, please, again, one day I got to get Gary Howitt on here. Uh, number five, Eric Cairns. Cairns is my number four. Uh, I'm glad that Islander fans realize how good Eric Cairns is. What I don't know if they realize, if they're just strictly Islander fans that don't really watch the Rangers, is how different he was after he came to the Islanders. And I know that um, a lot of people will say his fighting got a lot better when he came to the Islanders, and that is true. But the one thing I've always maintained is it's not just his fighting. Eric Cairns came to an organization that had confidence in him and allowed him to make mistakes as a player and would still throw him back out there which I don't think he really had with the Rangers. I think with the Rangers, a, a young young uh, defenseman, you make a mistake, you make a couple of mistakes, you might be uh, in the press box next game. And I think coming here, I think he was, he was given a lot longer leash where if he made a mistake, he was still going to be in the lineup. And then that all that does is promote confidence. And if you have confidence as a player, if fighting is part of your job, you have confidence as an enforcer, and few did it better here on the island than Eric Cairns. I mean, obviously, uh, the Nystrom goal is probably the iconic picture for the Islanders in their history. Uh, but another iconic picture is Cairns with the number one sign skating off the ice after dismantling Shane Corson. And as I've said before, the, the thing I love about that photo is Eric Cairns is such a laid-back, private, personal guy, and that show of emotion, I believe he did that because of you people. Because I think he got up, and it was like a gladiator in the Roman Coliseum, 
and it was just the fans. And again, I, I won't, hopefully one day I'll get Kerensey on the show, but that's very out of character for him. But I think it was, just, that is as loud as that building has ever been. And I think he just, I don't know. Did he get overwhelmed with, with the fan reaction? And he just threw up that number one, the old Joe Namath iconic photo. And I love it. And I'm looking at it right now down here in the basement. So, uh, Folks, I'm doing my best to get him on the show. He, I got a better chance of getting him than some of the other guys. So, uh, and I, I think it would, uh, what do the kids say? It would be a banger if I get him on the show, but uh, we'll see. Please be patient. Number four is the bomber, Ken Baumgartner. I have bomber at number six. No problem with anyone putting him at number four. Uh, again, played significantly more games here than Trevor Gillies, but those are the two guys that I think made such an impact in the time they were here that the average person probably thinks they were here longer than they were the bomber and Mick. I tell you that I always say I'm, I'm glad I'm the age I am because I got to see a lot of really cool stuff and I got to see hockey the way it's supposed to be played. Those two Western league grads, boy, did they make the games fun. Even when the team was pretty bad as I would watch as they came out of the tunnel I'd look for number 12. I'd look for number 24. Oh, they're dressed okay. Chance of something good happening tonight, pretty good. And, uh, you know, the good thing is those guys knew each other from the Western League. They were familiar with each other from the American League. And you put those two and then you just clicked. And what a tag team. What I mean, it's definitely outside of the cup years. One of my most fond memories are, are the, the, uh, the time that they were together. I, I love the bomber and, uh, you know, no argument with him at number four. So I think you could, I think you could kind of figure out one through three here. It's just a question of what, uh, what order. And uh, number three, the people have Mick Vakoda at number three, as do I. So uh, again, not going to go on and on about Mick. I love Mick. Uh, for those of you that are are relatively new to the show. Uh, I did probably uh, 12 hours with Mick, maybe 11 or 12 hours. Uh, unbelievable guy to do that, give, afford me that much time. And uh, and I will be putting those episodes up because I know there are a lot of people who haven't heard them. And uh, Mick, it's humbling to say that someone like Darren from the Fourth Line Voice, who's been doing this a long time, uh, Darren has said, that he thinks that's the best enforcer interview that he's ever heard. And uh, it's humbling for someone who does it to, to say those words. It's, he, he says it multiple times and, uh, and I'm humbled every time he says it. And I'm not just saying I'm humbled, but I really am like, there's so many interviews, you know, that he's done and that I've done and then Alec has done and, and other people. But uh, that to me is, I don't know if, like I always want to leave no one turned stones and I'm sure I did in that interview, but, uh, but it wasn't for lack of trying. So um, please be on the lookout for those episodes. If you haven't heard them already, apparently they're not on any platform. So I'm going to have to re-release those. And uh, I think you kind of get a feeling how much, how much I love that guy. So uh, number two, Bob Nystrom, Mr. Islander. Um, I, I was talking uh, when I went to lunch with Phil DiGitano the other day, uh, who I mentioned earlier in the, in the intro, 
um, we were we were talking about fights and and best fights and our favorite fights and um, my favorite I said it before my favorite Nystrom fight is when he dismantled Jim Corn. Uh, Jim Corn, listen, big guy fought. I don't know how skilled he was at the art. He's definitely not in Bob Nystrom's universe. But that fight happened because Jim Corn was doing his job. He was trying to rough up little Patty LaFontaine, young Patty, uh, trying to trying to get him off his game. And that just wasn't going to fly. I, I was talking to Phil about it. I said, Patty had some pretty good bodyguards here during his time with the Islanders. And uh, that that wasn't going to fly on Nystrom's watch. And, you know, Corn is bigger than Nystrom, but Nystrom is just, uh, he may as well have been uh, uh What's the word I'm looking for there? A um, not a samurai, but um, I don't know. <laughs> this is what happens when you get old, right? Uh, Bob Nystrom dismantled Jim Corn. I'm gonna think of the word once I stop recording, so uh, that's gonna happen. But go back and watch that fight. But what there's uh, there's the Islanders broadcast available, and there's the. Uh, uh, I don't know if it was Hockey Night in Canada or if it's the Leafs broadcast, but uh, Don Cherry is doing the color for for that fight, and he's great in that fight. And uh, definitely go back and listen to it. And Bob Nystrom, Mr. Islander, the dude is in such great shape right now. He could probably go out, skate a regular shift, probably make a couple of million bucks playing right now, uh, and uh, probably take the piss out of a few of these young kids if he has to. So... And of course, number one, undisputed number one here. Uh, just to give you an idea, uh, Clark Gillies got the most first place rankings out of everyone, and it wasn't even close. Um, it, it there were I, I could tell you right now, only four players got uh, number one rankings out of out of the twenty one that I mentioned. Four players only received number one. And uh, those were uh, Gillies, Nystrom, Mick Vakoda, and Gary Howitt. They all received uh, the top ranking from people. And it was mostly Gillies and Nystrom. And even at that, it wasn't even close. Gillies just, you know, left the, he was the secretariat in this, uh, in this race here, got more first place votes than anybody. So uh, he definitely won this by far. Uh, I mean, listen, he's Clark Gillies. He's, he's fucking Jethro. He is a uh, Hall of Famer. He's got his number retired. Everybody knows the big fights in his career. Uh, you know, we everyone, you know, you go back to the Schultz fight, uh, give them some credibility against the uh, Broad Street Bullies. I was going to say the Big Bad Flyers, but that, of course, is the Big Bad Bruins, which, of course, then you go there and the, the uh, sequence he had with Terry O'Reilly. I mean, it's just... Like you just look at this team and the way that they it came from their infancy and how they developed into champions. And you look at it's great because you have guys, you have world class players like Mike Bossy and Brian Trottier and Dennis Potvin and Billy Smith, and they're all part of that. They're all part of growing this organization. But you also have moments where guys who fought, there are fights that stand out. Um, you know, like I said, Gillies and Schultz, and then the Gillies and O'Reilly fights, like that whole series of fights. You can't tell the story of the Islanders becoming champions without those fights. And even to a lesser degree, I'm not really a big bench-clearing brawl guy, 
but that was prominent in the 70s and the Islanders in the bench clearing brawls you talk about you know against Philly or against Boston um you know you can't tell the story of the greatness of this organization without throwing in some fights those were some key fights at some key moments and um I'm just glad I was alive for it, man. <laughs> I mean, I really am. Obviously, the stuff in the mid-70s, I was a lot younger then. But, man, I, I'm just so happy that I'm old enough to have seen the four cups and seen great players like Gillies and Nystrom and, you know, obviously the the four dynasty guys that I, I mentioned here. But, um, but yeah, so that that's it, folks. This is uh, this is your, your top ten, the people's top ten. You people, uh, just thank you again to everybody who – provided me lists like i said it means a lot to me um you know first of all thank everybody who listens but for those of you who did supply a list and emailed me a list you will be hearing from me at some point when i do these 20 questions episodes uh but i want to thank you again for putting in the uh putting in your submissions and uh and this is your list folks this is this is the list i wanted i think everyone did a great job there's a couple of players that didn't make anyone's list that i'm a little surprised about uh, and I won't, I won't go into that. There's no reason to point that out. But in my head, as I was going through all these lists, I'm like, wow, I haven't seen that guy. I haven't seen that guy. But uh, for the most part, every, well, everybody mentioned definitely deserved to be there. And uh, but I think there were a few guys missing that you'll definitely hear when I eventually get around to doing my top 25 that were omitted from everybody's uh, top 10. So, um, so folks, listen, you know that I am not a fan of doing these solo episodes. And, um, and so I hope that this is at least entertaining for you. I think we're probably just slightly over an hour now. So, uh, so hopefully this is an easy listen and, uh, and I'll come back with an interview next week. I'm not sure if it's going to be, uh, one of the old Nordiques interviews or if I'm able to line somebody up this week, then uh, we'll definitely get that going. But thank you for listening. I hope you people have a great week. And please stay safe.